living in service of Stefan Osage. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. So damn good to have you back here. I've been really excited for this episode and I am aware that I have not posted anything in the last two months. I had my reasons for that. The first, uh, in November, I got back from India, actually at the end of October, but November I had a guest lined up, but unfortunately that fell through. So I'm really hoping that that person will come back to the table because I think it'll be a really engaging conversation. And last year, end of December, which was meant to be this episode, I was just in a bit of a dark place. I wasn't really happy with myself and where I was and I felt a lot of overwhelm and a lot of addictions and vices manifested themselves which meant it pulled me away from my path and yeah reason I'm sharing this for you is just to show that no matter how much we're on the path we are human and it's easy to fall back if we aren't prudent and if we aren't aware and if we aren't vigilant and I wasn't any of those things so I'm here to share that because I'm still learning and I'm still trying to understand and really grapple with this complex yet simple life and the serves that we get given aren't exactly the ones we want to be served. So that is why I'm sharing this. But to throw that out, I am here to introduce you to Hunter Crisp. Who is Hunter Crisp? He is a breathwork practitioner. He is a personal trainer. He practices meditation. He is also got a brand called The Contentment where he is conveying and portraying and sharing the importance and ideas of living a holistic life and showcasing different modalities and how to incorporate this into your day-to-day routine. It's real healthy and it's a very humble and honest approach and he has actually inspired me and we eventually will be doing some work together to share this and that is a lot of what this conversation is about today. We get to learn a lot about his story and his upbringing and his time and mentality going through youth and we learn about the processes of discipline We learn about knowing what it is you must do in life and doing it. Knowing in your heart what it is that you must be doing. And really, really, really stepping into that knowing. Uh, We talk about the importance of challenge. We talk about overcoming comforts and moving towards change. We talk about his breathwork practice, his meditation and contemplating your existence and really contemplating death and looking at the way that you're living your life and how it is that you are living it. A lot of depth and a lot of heaviness in this conversation, and I thought it was really important to share this before January lapses because we all in that mentality where it's a new year, it's a new me, when in actual fact, every moment you have that opportunity to be a new you. You are fundamentally a new you in every moment, but we are so trapped in our patterns that we think we are the same. So this conversation was really just a canvas, that process, and Hunter really uh, 
displayed this and I'm very thankful for it. And also just to touch on something that came up in the conversation, talking about the 75 hard challenge and we talk about the gallon and um, you'll know what I mean when you have a conversation, but I was actually wrong. It was, it was 3.7 liters of water. I got mixed up with the gallon, not the US gallon, the Imperial gallon, which is actually 4.5 liters. So Hunter, if you're hearing this, I apologize. Uh, it doesn't count. I mean, you still completed 75 hard and that was me derailing that. So I apologize. But anyway, I won't bore you any longer. I love you all. And I really hope that this conversation brings you some insight as it did for me. Much love and speak soon. And um, also, you're having your one. Probably if you could put your one up there. there. Under. It's actually pretty good. Oh, because yeah. it's going to capture both and put it together. Yeah, but that yeah. will also be separate yeah. files too. Yeah, yeah. Which will be like really nice. And these microphones, I'm actually so damn surprised how good they are. Bro, like, wait, I swear to God that the biggest excuse everybody has is that they don't have They don't it. have the gear. They don't have the gear. <laughs> Bro, you just need a phone and you they can do yeah. anything. They don't have the gear. Oh, I, I can't do podcasts, dude. I can podcast with your you, phone. You have a phone. Like literally, yeah. I'm literally recording this podcast. So yeah, yeah. well, welcome. Um, so good to be back, everyone listening, tuning in. Sorry I didn't release an episode last month. I, yeah, sort of got, um, I kind of found my footings again back being in New Zealand and the other podcast guests I had lined up, they unfortunately couldn't be fulfilled and then I got a bit stressed and then just shit happens and I didn't get to fulfill what my goal was which was to release a podcast every month so another lesson for me so I'm glad that you're back here for another informative and enlightening discussion and today I think it'll be just that because Mm -hmm. right now with me I have my brother and new friend uh, Hunter Crisp Uh, we basically became acquainted about two years ago through um, one of the previous podcast guests, Gabriel Padilla, his uh, movement workshop, which he initiated. He actually initiated it before COVID, the big original COVID breakout, but that didn't happen. And then fast forward uh, about a year, he managed to put on that workshop. And then I happened to meet Hunter and our common interests at the time was, yo, bro, nice footwear. (laughs) Man, where'd actually, you, where'd you get your uh, Vibe and Vibe fingers? Oh, I don't know. Oh, bro, nice footwear too. I've got the Vivo, Vivo Barefoots. Yeah. Yeah. So we literally were miring each other's feet. So I thought that was That's a kind right. of instant brotherly connection and realising that this other fellow was probably on a similar journey, you know, mm. in, that, in that round. But we can go down that route as to what minimal footwear actually uh, represents because... I think it's more than the footwear. When you see someone wearing those minimum footwear, agreed. Um, that it's more than just the footwear. Yeah. You you see a person wearing that, and you realize like, wow. You don't judge a book by a cover, but you judge a man by his footwear. And <laughs> when I see people wearing minimal footwear, I usually find myself in conversations with them where I'm like, wow, you are very, living a very intentional life, and that is yeah. why today here we have this wonderful guest, wonderful friend of mine new friend of mine, um, Hunter. So welcome to the podcast, Hunter. Thank, Thank you, you for taking the time. So um, something I just want to break the ice about my position is 
now like we've just had such an open honest easy flowing conversation and now that the mics are on i can feel like myself get rigid and like oh it's like serious and like all of that but i think this is just a testament to like feel the fear and do it anyway mm -hmm. and so i'm just going to open with that because like we all deal with anxieties mm -hmm. and stuff and it's mm -hmm. just cool to be able to work through that and and be open and honest about it because yeah that helps me well, I'm really glad you opened up with that because I think that is a real fact to everyone's day-to-day -day life and that that is a true testimony of what we feel every day. Mm -hmm. And even in things so seemingly mundane and simple as sitting down and doing a podcast, but my God, every podcast I've done, I always get nervous. Yeah. Every single cool. podcast I do. So for you to kind of canvas that from the onset, I think that's really well put and really important to understand because especially when you're doing something where you're you know there's a lot of open space and you're you're sharing a lot of yourself like I've shared a lot of myself in these conversations through talking for such long periods of time that doubts enter mm. anxieties enter insecurities enter yeah. you know inability to talk about certain things or the perception that I'm unable to talk about certain things yeah. enters and it's this constant conflict. So, yeah, I thank you for opening with that because I feel that. And to normalize that and to share that, I think that's all part of this journey. And yeah. that is a big part of the reason why I want to talk to you today, Hunters, because you do have that ability to convey and so honestly and eloquently convey how it is you're feeling in the moment and how you've kind of processed that. And, yeah, this journey I've seen only in a short time of knowing you and kind of seeing those progressions and kind of what you're sharing with me today um, in the journey with the 75 hard and that, um, which is what I, I really want to talk about that too, but just the idea of discipline and that. Mm. It's just the process of showing up every day and some days it looks different to others, but for you to show up, 100%. but then know that if you fall short, that that's okay too, but to show up again, that's, I think, where you start to find the differences. And yeah. there's a real insecurity that people that are high achievers that when when they fall short like that, they feel that they've let themselves down or they feel they've let down this invisible crowd. Mm. And I think, like, normalising that when you're a high achiever or a disciplined person, that you're still human and you can still fall yes, short and bro. fuck up. Yes. But to know that you can revisit and come back, I think that's the difference. Yeah. To keep coming back. Because life yeah. is long. As much as people say life is short, it is still long in the scheme of things. So if you compound the amount of times you fuck up, then you compound the amount of times you pick yourself back up, Ooh. those odds are stacked more against you than the, the former. Yeah. yeah. So I'd love to kind of go there. Like before we kind of go there, I'd love to go there. But before we do, I'd like to just, um, to the listener and myself, just to get a bit more of your story, like where you came up and how you got to where you are today. Mm. How is Hunter Crisp, Hunter Crisp? How did so, that happen? So interesting, like, being in a position to talk about this because, like, I have such huge dreams and I've never really had to explain why I am who I am or how I got here. Um, but I think a good place to start is I'm from Gizzy, so Gisborne, east coast of New Zealand. Um, I have a super loving family. Um, but I was born with a health condition, which is pectus excavation, which just means that my sternum is caved in. So that came with heart and lung issues. And I still, I still deal with those today. I don't really like to exaggerate it because it's like, it's not 
I live a very normal life, so the only thing it did impact was when I was a kid, it was like swimming sports, like taking my shirt off was just hell. You know, being at school where you're, you're clearly physically different. Um, that led to a lot of judgment of myself and feeling different. And yeah, like swimming sports, like everyone would point at me and be like, oh, what's up with your chest? Like, it's so weird and stuff. And so, you know, now that I say this out loud, it's like, no wonder I got into the gym. No mm. wonder I started down the path of self-improvement mm. because I had so much that I was dealing with. And you almost wanted to combat that. Yeah, 100%. Way. So that was, that led me into high school where I started going to the gym in, I think, year 11. So almost senior year. Um, and that was 100% because I'd spent my whole life feeling insecure about my physique. Mm. And that led to, you know, just going all in on bodybuilding. And I did a couple of amateur shows in 2014, um, which was year 13 at high school. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was like the entry to me really pushing my limits and like competing in a bodybuilding show. But again, <clears throat> at the time without realizing that was me masking my insecurity for my body which i'm so so grateful for because that like bodybuilding itself has now led to me understanding movement tapping into yoga tapping into all of the different facets of movement and if i didn't go through that i wouldn't have tapped into my body and like come in tune with it you know mm -hmm. so mm. yeah i just feel extremely grateful that i had this battle at the start of my my experience because it's literally probably the fundamental reason fuck i'm saying this and it's i've never really yeah it's a realization yeah. i've never realized like it's beautiful isn't it when the, you say things out loud yeah. that you've kind of you've you've probably navigated and thought about deeply and for many years but mm -hmm. then to actually put it out there mm -hmm. it's kind of like the idea that when you look at yourself in the reflection, when you haven't seen your reflection for a long time, you get a very different perspective. Yeah, you'll be yeah. experienced your whole world in the vessel, but as soon as you actually see the full context and you're looking back, uh -huh. it gives you a bit more of a yeah. different. That's kind literally of... how it feels. It's like I've known this. I I do a lot of work about this, and yes. I talk about it heaps, but I've never explained it out loud. I've, it's only mm. been internally, like, mm. oh yeah, it's probably why I went to the gym. Like, yeah, yeah, cool. But saying this has been, yeah, it's a huge realization and. I think that's a testament to like the darkness being the light, you know, yeah. like if I didn't have this thing, which I hated with a fucking capital H, like deep passion at the time, it's the reason I'm on, in my opinion, such a liberating path now, you know, like the suffering is why I'm here. And I, it took a long time, but I fucking love my life, bro. And it took a long time to get here. And yeah, it makes me emotional talking about it because mm. there's just been so many moments of, of hard times and to now be able to talk about it and, and reflect back on it is uh, it's just beautiful, man. Like, mm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's yeah. again you, you kind of touched on it then that it shows that the darkness is the light and i think that that kind of canvases as that arguably you probably wouldn't be where you were if it wasn't for your quote-unquote deformity your mm -hmm. quote-unquote insecurity yeah uh, well it wasn't a quote-unquote it was a legitimate yeah. insecurity yeah. but the quote-unquote like 
um, thing that yeah. you had to address this thing when really you didn't mm. but for you to do that it brought you to where you were and that you had to go through those trenches you had to go through that mm. shadow you could say that that was part of your shadow process 100% to kind of learn that at that age I find that something that a lot of people don't have the privilege of doing but a lot of people wouldn't want to be in the position where they had to I think that's go it, through though. that it is like, privilege yeah it is privilege to have something forced upon you that you have to either accept and deal with or die essentially yeah like or let it consume yeah. and become a victim I would have like my alternative path was video games and I love video games but mm. I could have become so immersed in that world that I didn't branch out into movement. And it's not to say that one's better than the other, but I'm just speaking from a place of how much I love movement and the human body. And to imagine not having that passion, that breaks my heart because I love it so much. Mm. And so again, like just so lucky to be privileged with difficulty because on the other side, as so many like spiritual people say, and like, teachers of all sorts they always say on the other side of what is it on the other side of pain is is not comfort but like bliss or something like that mm, and yeah you hear those words they sound cool mm. but until you fucking go through it yourself only then do you actually know yeah. you know like yeah. they're all just words up until you've been exactly. through some shit yeah. or you're just a theorist because you've heard it but you've never been a practitioner yeah, yeah. What did you, so I'm curious, so like when you were that age, like what, how did you like even begin that? Like, and was it quite like a black and white light switch on? Like, oh fuck, I can do this gym thing and mm. kind of compensate this, what, deviate, what was it? It's uh, called pectus excavatum, but you can just call excavated. it pigeon chest or pigeon chest. The chest okay. hole. <laughs> chest hole. So did you like instantly associate that? Okay. I'm going to correlate gym work to kind of alleviating this pigeon chest um, and like to combat or was it, a, was it something deep or was it something not that deep but you just had this realisation that oh I can go to the gym and get bigger and change my body. I think it was a combination of like meeting the right people. Um, I remember a friend of mine, Manaya, at school he was into the gym and we were in art class together and he showed me this guy um, Arnold Schwarzenegger which you know we all know and then he also showed me another dude called Ziz and it wasn't about my chest but it was about like holy fuck these guys are like so confident they're tackling and taking on the world and they have really good physiques so therefore to win in life you need a good physique that was right. sort of like the approach okay. but I knew that I didn't have that because Nice naivete, but like, yeah, yeah, perfect in a way, yeah, perfect because it meant that, like, oh, okay, there's a way to deal with my insecurity of my chest without actually realizing that's what I was doing, yes, you know, yes, so because at that age, it's pretty hard to kind of have that sort of, yeah, comprehensive wide scope as to why you're doing things, yeah. I would love to be able to be like, yeah, I I did this because I, yeah, but the truth is, I just wanted to be jacked and tanned and be successful and great fuck how and good that began <laughs> yeah. that began yeah so then tell me so from that process because as you just touched on it wasn't necessarily for you to address the pigeon chest but you you basically associated it with confidence and taking on the world and mm. being successful and over time how did that kind of change 
or did it change? And to where you are now, I'm assuming. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm even just guessing that it's completely different reasonings now. Yeah, definitely. But at that point where you found your body was changing, and what was that transition like um, internally? Yeah, there's so many little layers of like my ego that want to like praise myself and be like, I fucking did it. Nobody else was doing it. And like that sort of perspective. And that is because at the time when I was going to the gym and competing, like bodybuilding wasn't something people did. Like not many people went to the gym and I was sort of like, not an outcast, but people were like, the fuck, like, why are you going to the gym? Like, we trying to be like Arnold sort of thing. And it's like, yeah, like I literally am. So that was interesting. And then the, <laughs> the gym then went on to become something that everyone almost does. Um, I can't really remember why I started talking about that. But, oh yeah, what was the question? It's kind of like how the internal process changed Change. for you from yeah. beginning that journey and, you know, you realizing and associating gym to confidence mm. and then you with your pigeon chest and you feeling not necessarily that that was a reason why, but that was a deep reason. Yeah. But as you progressed. So I think why I was, I was saying that before is like, as people were like, what are you doing? Other people also started to be like, bro, like you're actually getting jacked. Like you're actually mm. changing your body and like mm. your arms look way bigger and like you've got abs and that when you're a kid you're you're constantly looking outside of you to feel accepted yeah so to be told anything close to like you're the man is like i'm gonna that 100 percent cool like i'm doing that then because people have now told me that like that's cool or that i'm making progress and you know some people hated on me for it and other people are like bro this is super inspirational and i think that's just the way it's always going to be always but yeah so it, it went from like just wanting to get jacked to then being told by friends, family members, like every Christmas and stuff, when we'd link up as family, it would be like, wow, Hunter's like growing, he's really gaining muscle. And like, as a bodybuilder, that's all you want to hear. So that was like, you know, I, I got really deep into bodybuilding and started to make friends with proper bodybuilders and that sort of stuff. And, and then um, I saw a friend of mine who'd done a bunch of steroids and he wasn't in a good place. And I think that was the, the turning point where I was like, fuck, maybe bodybuilding isn't what I thought it was. Mm. And then finding out that all of the pros, like anyone who's anyone in bodybuilding is on some shit, is running mm. some sort of gear. I don't care what you say, it's hard work to get there, yes, but they are running stuff that you can't imagine. And I saw it firsthand and this wasn't even a pro. And I was just like, holy shit fuck bodybuilding wow. isn't isn't my salvation wow but luckily at the time i was branching out into other stuff at school like um, a friend of mine and i were smoking a bit of weed and stuff and getting into yoga and there's more like esoteric sort of viewpoints on life mm. and it was just perfect timing because as i was like developing such a strong ego in bodybuilding i was fortunate enough to be coming into contact with like the idea of consciousness and that maybe I'm not just my body and that sort of stuff. So, and that was around your year 13. Yeah. So that was yeah. like basically the exact time I was competing was the exact time that I was also learning these other ways of potentially living. Yeah. And that led to my friend Brad who fuck, 
my best friend Brad. I that's so grateful for him. He's yeah. Me and him have been through some shit, and he he led me to the gym essentially, and then he started getting into yoga. And sure enough, because we hung out so much, yeah. like we were doing yoga together and, and smoking, and and just wow, you're doing like, yoga at that age. That's yeah, pretty cool. But it was exploring like exploring it though. It wasn't like, yoga. It was it like. Was, Still, we'd call it yoga. It was in your yeah. framework. Yeah. It was in your mindset. Yeah. yeah. See that See that right there. That's kind of a reason, another reason why I wanted to speak to you today is because that in itself, it's just, it's just, it is different. It is, it's not, it's quite unique, you know, for mm. people at that age. And I think that's why another, another point I want to bring up in talking with you is just to normalize and create that awareness that, you know, this isn't so left field living this way of life it's not so far out yeah. of reach too and yes in your case there were circumstances that came together for you to meet these people and have these insights and have these educational like teachings yet it's there's also this idea that you know let's normalize this stuff that mm. you know you don't need to be some happy left field Bro. thinking person yes. to explore and find these modalities these ancient oh, traditions that. both from a nutritional standpoint from a movement standpoint from a knowledge standpoint from yeah. a literacy standpoint like whatever way you want to look at it from a religion you know just there's, there's there's a plethora of places you can go on this journey and like why not let's normalize this stuff and for you to have that at such a young age that in itself is fascinating but at the same time i think it's getting more normal uh, Agreed. I, I meet some kids now and i'm like well you're like you're 18 but you're incredibly interesting to talk to like i actually yeah. want to listen to you talk yeah like one person in particular i can think i won't say the name but his he's had a real unique life but very fucking unique like yeah but then i realized that i think shit, a lot of humans have had unique lives and yet this Probably kid all have this kid here is like kind of he's more more so taken the blessing and the teaching of this life and now he's directing it and putting it out there into the world yeah. and now he, he's teaching me you know he's only 18 he's teaching cool, me man. he was teaching me and i was like this is amazing see i love that because we we're like evolving individually in our age group and then to have the kids come up like in that yeah. already like, I think that's so powerful and that's probably, like, he's a fruit of that. Is like, in a way, we went from, like, a pretty unconscious upbringing to now things are really, really conscious. And he's born into that and starts off in that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's really cool to see the evolution of, of that because yeah. he, he is the more evolved the precedent version. is coming up yeah more more more, more. Uh -huh. and again what i was just saying that what, what with your journey it's normalizing that and it is becoming that in a way mm. but on the flip side it's becoming also there's also this huge divide a oh, huge yeah. yeah uh gap that it's completely abnormal and that mm. we're getting further away or eating more processed food or having life Don't now where we can't that. even yeah we can't even go toilet without being on our devices <laughs> like that's pretty messed up speaking we can't... of bro sorry to cut you off here but this morning with all of my social media stuff that i'm doing at the moment i'm i'm really addicted to it 
but I know that I am and I'm taking precautions to manage that. Mm. But I'm addicted because I'm trying to achieve my dreams through that. And this morning, I really wanted to check all my socials, but because I knew I was coming to talk to you, I forced myself not to look at any of it because I didn't want my mind to like be distracted by that because mm. I don't know, it's something that it's another, I, th- I think another reason why discipline is so important because the distraction, not only is it feel good to look at social media, but chemically it's doing shit to our brain yeah. that unless we can apply this maximum awareness and discipline to step away from it at times, yeah, keep falling I it. am horrible at it, bro. Like I, I don't want to act and pretend to everyone listening that I'm some guru when it comes to all this shit because I get sucked in by social media so hard an hour will go by sometimes and I'm like, oh, fuck, like, shit. Mm. And that's that's, that's interjecting. Apologies. Don't want to take your chain of thought. But that, that again, is why these conversations and why I'm talking to you now is because of that. You're, you're still living a very intentional life. Yeah, you're still human and you still mm. have social media. You still have food that's around you. You still have certain relationship. You still have patterns and yeah. that we're still human, but we're still here trying to show up to try to live this. Right. And yes, <clears throat> this, this is part of it. Like you're never going to arrive. And I think that I've, I'm still learning that. I think mm. I, I, I know it, but I think I'm still having to learn that as it will never going to arrive. Yeah. And this brings up, I want to talk about your 75 journey and even a bit of my 70 journey because I want to come clean to you guys is that it's realizing that, yes, you've got this goal to achieve uh, and, and an outcome to get to. So you almost focus solely on the outcome, but during the process, you realize, well, fuck, I'm... Just, I've just got to endure this process and basically get through this process and yeah. this day-to-day grind and I've got to start to start loving it now because it's a long, mm-hmm. long way to the end point. <sighs> and that if you, if you just focus only on the end point and you only just focus on arriving, you're basically completely cutting yourself off from the reality between that start point and the end point. And it'll be a ruthless 75 days. Yeah. just dragging yourself through mm. shit because you're trying to finish you know like fuck <laughs> yeah you're just trying to finish and it's like well no it's gonna it's gonna hurt you and yeah I wanna talk about that I kinda I kinda we kinda cut off for the back story but I felt yeah. that from I, I wanna revisit that too because with your family and stuff I think that's a real important factor that you had it was a real blessing mm. that you had that a lot of people don't have that, but you had that, which is great. Oh. And but I want to um, come to that seventy five because since you brought it up, yeah, is that if you could explain what that is, and <laughs> yeah, I want to kind of come clean as well in a sense. So not really, but yeah, just to give the viewers, I guess, context. Seventy five hard is advertised by Andy Fasella, who's a incredible dude as a discipline building program as a self-confidence building program it's not a fitness program it's not a diet it's not a fad it's not all of these things that people think it is it's a mental toughness program and so what you do is you work out twice every day one of them has to be outdoors you have to drink 3.8 liters of water every day you have to read 10 pages of a personal development book you have to take a progress photo every day um what else do you have to do Read 10, you to, yeah, you have to follow a diet. So yeah. 
an example of that is either carnivore or whole foods or you know keto whatever mine at the moment is whole foods so nothing processed no artificial flavors colors like nothing like that um and then that's it mm. yeah so Which, quickly you know the water thing you know mm. it's uh it's i, I believe it's a gallon. US gallon, not yeah. an imperial gallon. So it's about 2.7 litres of water. 2.7? It's 7. not 3.7, G. Really? Yeah, G. There's differences. Fuck, I've been out here having 3.8 litres of water. I realised that. I realised that. No. After, after about two, three weeks, my real smart mate, he's like, dude, it's a, it's a US gallon. Like dead serious? Yeah, dead set, bro. What? Dead set, because there's different gallon metrics. There's like, I think there's an imperial gallon. I'm so gallon. hydrated right now. Yeah, I know. It's like, you, you have 3.7 litres of water a day. You're like, what the fuck? That's I too much. Way too much. Too much. But yeah, it's like 2.7 or 2.8 litres. Oh, yeah, it's so much more I know, I know, man. I start each day like necking a litre basically yeah. so that I can then know can, that I'm going to achieve. You can have your sip. You can I, um, Every single day yeah. for the last fucking 64 days or whatever. Yeah. Every morning I've started with a litre. It's horrible way. That's so funny. But hey, at least you got these cool. next 10 days. Yeah. These next 10 days will be a bit. It's actually a week. I've got one okay. week left from today. Um, so yeah, basically for those listening, that, that right there is kind of like a, it's a reset. Mm. Oh. It's, but it's also a life-affirming um, snapshot as to what it takes to live a very intentional life. Yeah, and, agreed. Um, with that journey, because I'm aware that... Well, I kind of want to talk about... No, no, no. There's just so there. much to talk about. Yeah, there. there's so I much like to talk about. we should do a couple about. episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I think that'll be the case for <laughs> that. We'll, next time we'll come back, we'll revisit certain... Um, thumb notes you know <laughs> that we left here uh, but the process moving forward of going through that and then implementing the diet and like you know what what was your journey like I want to talk a little bit about mine but what was your journey like from the first one to this one to well to how many however many you've done and like what what did you take away from it, and what did it what did it bring upon you between, but uh, in terms of your journey, your journey? Well, more so, just just what are some key takeaways that you, um, you know, realized? I think to just keep it really short and to the point. Um, it teaches you to fall in love with life. I swear that's like the foundation for me, and I'm gonna continue to live under the umbrella of mental toughness and discipline programs purely because of how different life feels when you're doing them. Now, I think there's certain things about this program that are excessive and don't align with my beliefs. So that is why I do what I do in terms of like, um, I'm a coach and I do programming and stuff and I have a, a program called the Contentment Program, which is basically 75 hard, but my beliefs. So just things that I believe, for example, breathwork, meditation, and that stuff every day. So more I want to, to talk the, about that too. Yeah, more to the point of what you asked is, um, it's just 75 hard and knowing deep down in your fucking, like your heart of hearts, in your soul, that for 75 days you've done these things. You can't help but have confidence. You can't help but to feel like you've got your own back. You can't help to feel a little bit more alive. Like, it's just a byproduct of that. Mm. And so, yeah, to sum it back up, it's one of those things that just teaches you to fall in love with your life. And 
when you're being pushed around in life, you know, you're like a plastic bag floating through the air. <laughs> you are getting pushed around and you're just doing shit. You're reaching for comforts. You're eating pizzas and just doing all the shit that doesn't align with your beliefs, you know, whatever they may be. And you don't feel stoked. You don't feel fulfilled. But when you live intentionally, you're actively pursuing your dreams, your goals, and the things that you believe life is about, then the world opens up. The world truly opens up. And uh, it, it makes me quite emotional talking about it because, you know, you don't realize how good life can be. And when you go all in on your own life, no excuses, every day, all in, like to the grave, to the death, every day, all in. Life changes, life transforms, life becomes, life becomes a journey, life becomes fun, life becomes beautiful. You start to connect with the people and the planet and, and things unfold that you never could have imagined. And I think it's beautiful. I could keep talking about this sort of shit forever, but I think I'm gonna pause here until Stefan gets back. Actually, maybe not, because it's gonna be quite annoying for an edit to have to cut it in half or something. But um, I might as well talk about how 75 hard can tie into your life and why I always say the words do the things that you believe you should be doing because 75 hard is the the foundation to give you the principles to live life but you can deconstruct that program and add in what you believe so instead of taking a progress picture every day if you don't care about your your progress in terms of your your body then you could sub in call my mum every day or send a message to my group chat with my family every day. You know, you can customize this to your beliefs. And I think that is like, that's the main lesson here to, to circle back to the question. What do I believe? Okay, yeah, cool. Maybe I should create some structure around that to yeah. actually believe that, not just say, I believe as words, mm. but to believe via actions. Yeah. That's what 75 Hard does. That's what the takeaway is, I think. And you brought up this real good point just before I went on the, went for Lou, is the idea that it allowed you to fall in love with life. Mm. I think this brought up the theme again that I was saying earlier about the process too, and I think that life is the process and the process mm. of life is what takes you. Yes. So it's like different language, and I'm, because I'm real fascinated because I kind of took that takeaway, but I just use different language. Yeah. So like in that realisation, what did that what did that do for you? Because for me, it did a lot. Yeah. I'm curious what it did for you in that realisation of like, hey, well, this is allowing you to show up for life. Literally, that's it. Yeah. Like, show up for life whether it's whether it's training all of a sudden training you're more present whether it's hanging out with people seeing your family whether it's whatever you're just more in the presence because and I think this is my personal opinion but but deep 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 down 
you're not having to be concerned with the trials and tribulations of life as much because you know that you're doing your best to address them. Mm. But when you're in hell and you're trying to swim through and you're doing nothing to help yourself, you're, you're deep, deep down, you know that you're not helping yourself. But when you know mm. that you are, life opens up. So to bring it back, like, you're, yeah, you're, you're able to just be more involved in the journey of life. Can, yeah. can you go back to that example I thought that was a great example like you're in hell and you're swimming through and you're not doing anything about it mm-hmm. I got the image of the the fat person that keeps complaining to all his friends that fuck yeah. I've got all these injuries I've got all these twangs yeah yeah but and you know that that person isn't doing anything to address it but they're really good at speaking out about it and coming yeah. and talking and sharing but then they're not addressing that. Like, what is that? Is that kind of what you're saying in a way? That they're swimming mm. through it, but they're not doing anything to actually address yeah. that whole shit. Maybe I should get out of this hot lake as opposed to yeah. swimming through the hot lake. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But until you realize that it's not actually this massive thing of of having some realization or some incredible like, yeah. ah, yes, I now know yeah. what I need to do. Yeah, it's yeah, more just yeah. like, all right, instead of, fucking no water today I'm going to drink a cup mm. and then that leads to tomorrow you drink two mm. and mm. that then leads to two cups of water and one page of a book Yeah, and that is how the whole thing unfolds and that's not even yeah. just my opinion that's like that's what Jordan Peterson and Andrew Huberman and, and these science backed people say is like if you're fucked the best thing to do is to make your room clean yeah. and then from there make your room clean and scrub the shower mm. and slow. not even having a bro ulterior motive for no. doing it but just purely the act of doing it yes. it's at least taking you one step away from where you are exactly because if you're staying in the same spot if you're swimming in that hell pit like we were just talking about mm. then you're, you're just infinitely swimming there but if yeah. if you're swimming with a glimmer of hope yeah then it's okay mm. So when I first started 75 Hard, bro, I was in a fucking shit place. And I was like, all right, so the alternative is to just suffer like this for the rest of time or go all in and try 75 Hard again. But I knew how much effort it took and I didn't want to do that. Mm. But I just, it got to the point where I just had such a shit time for long enough that I was like, fuck it. I'll do this stupid 75 Hard fucking dumbass program. Like that was my mindset. I was like, fucking, like, this isn't even a work this time. This is so lame. Like, that was all an illusion last time. And, like, all of this self-destructive thought pattern. And then, sure enough, two weeks in, I had, like, many glimmers of hope. And then three weeks in, four weeks in, now I'm, like, what, 11 weeks in or whatever, 10 weeks in. And now I can't believe that I used to think like that. You know, like, how crazy is that, man? Interesting. In three months' time, my whole attitude towards life has changed which i knew would happen deep deep down but when you're in hell you can only see that and you only feel the immediate heat mm-hmm. yes bro, that's it <clears throat> so yeah, yeah i find that it's it's great because now this kind of segues into my time because i don't want to take away from you hunter no, but i just but... think it's great to share that yeah i did the well i attempted the 75 hard beginning of this year and i got well into it 30 days in because basically 75 days as you guys have yeah probably heard and 
I got 30 days in and then I think at that time I forgot to read 10 pages. I was like, fuck, okay, I've got to reset. And then I reset again and I think I got to about... Uh, Did you reset? Yeah, I've reset ah. three. It was the third time before I went into India that I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> so yeah, for me, it was... So I, I failed say. twice. I failed twice. Yeah. Well, no, I failed three times, but I fucked up twice leading me to reset for the third time and that third time I'm like nah like this isn't feasible um before going to India and doing this so but yeah in that process point I'm making is that in that process of yeah realizing it was one day I was in the vineyard I was working and I think I was thinking about the next four or five weeks ahead because I think that's what I had left I think I had five or six weeks ahead of me to finish the course and I'm like fuck that's so long and then I was like well fuck I just want to just get to the end and I'm like well fuck nah because if I do that I'm completely neglecting my soul and myself from having the experience between now and then Mm. and as soon as I only want the outcome I'm completely cutting off my whole middle portion which is the whole portion of my life so in other words I'm completely cutting out my life I'm, oh you're waiting I'm, to die I'm, I'm waiting to die oh, and that was like a so real cool. powerful realisation uncomfortable but very powerful and beautiful because in that moment I'm like fuck yeah. okay this is what people mean when they say love to grind and my, my language I chose was I've just got to love this process Yeah. and that's what became like my main focus and I feel this now even in terms of when I do like my training and my big you know I go on like these you know long trail runs and you know, I don't want to fucking be in there, but then once I start, I'm there for there. There's nothing else I'm mm. thinking about. Well, I'm thinking, but there's nothing else I'm really like giving my attention to. It's really just running. Yeah. But in that process, it's great because it's teaching me to understand that whole duration of time is the process. This is part of the process mm. now. This is essentially my life in that moment. Yeah. And that's a lot of what I got taught in that 75 hard. So next year, I'm actually going to reinitiate there and I, I think I'll do something pretty cool through, I may as well do it through social media and just to hold more accountability and maybe share it even on this podcast as the journey just to, hey, it's going to mean that I'm going to have to show up as well and that when I wake up in the morning and I don't want to go for that workout or do certain things, there's a degree of accountability that has a lot of favours, favour, can favour you really well. I know um, it shouldn't be I think you're gonna live a, a very painful life if that you live your life based on having that mm. form of accountability in everything you do but having a degree of that I think can have pay real dividends fuck yeah and that's something now me coming out now and sharing this because I haven't shared this publicly only to my close friends is that yeah I fucking failed I failed that motherfucker. But as Hunter and I were talking about, I didn't, I didn't, when I say failure, it's not, mm, yeah, I didn't yeah. lose. I failed, but I'm getting the fuck back up and getting back into that next year. And sweet. So in other words, it's not a failure then. Yeah. It was a reset. It was a, it was a, a slip. Oh. I slipped. I fell. It was a, it was a, it was a trip up. But, um, not done yet so therefore it's not really a failure yeah which is another idea i kind of want to explore with you but i want to uh, this conversation is real kind of like coolly like oddly and 
different for me in the sense of how organic and how like the flow flow yeah. of it already it's just yeah. kind of going do 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 uh, which I is mean, great i think that's the nature of our relationship exactly. even bro we have these conversations that. and it's like fuck why did we record that yeah like, where did that yeah. go where did that go how did it get to you? how did it arrive yeah. here but they somehow all have a similar thread so i'm, I'm hoping everyone listening is picking up the thread hunter and i i'm feeling this thread yo <laughs> um i want to talk a bit about um your experience on the carnivore diet because i find that extremely fascinating and you you are amongst a few other people but you're the first person in flesh who i met that was actually doing it actively mm-hmm. and that for me was like a real like, oh shit there's this dude my age uh-huh. he's doing it shit it's actually not that far out of my reach, reach. Yeah. So I want to, I'm real curious as to like that progress, that journey for you. Cause you know, that in itself, a lot of people are like, what the fuck is wrong? Are you going to die and get heart disease? And all these conditioned ideas we have around all meat diets and you're one as well that approached it. Um, You try to approach it, you know, healthily that you don't necessarily get poor quality food. You still try to get the best quality. Um, But yeah, you're eating all meat. So like, what was that like for you? And if you could kind of, give the listener a little yeah synopsis as to what it actually entails mm-hmm. and what kind of happened for you like what did it involve if we could get a bit scientific here and go down to the macros like yeah. you know what were you looking at from like a grams per day protein you know what kind of fat were you having okay i want i'm curious about that but first start off i'd like you to first start off just like that experience like going yeah. carnivore which um it's interesting because I wanted to try carnivore for quite a while. And then when I, when I finished 75 hard the first time, I say finished 75 hard, but you know, the modified version of it. So technically I didn't do it, but besides the point, <laughs> I just have to fucking explain that. Eh? Um, I like your honesty, man. I was feeling so inspired and I wanted a harder challenge. I wanted something more because that's another thing this program gives you is like the hunger of like, holy fuck, I can do this. What else can I do? Which is really cool. And so I'd wanted to try carnival for ages and I woke up one day and I was like, let's fucking do it. It's just 30 days carnival, meat only, meat and eggs only. Himalayan rock salt, meat, eggs, no oil, no butter, just oh that. wow just like wow pure. you went you went to that level no pepper no seasonings like only one thing and i want to say that the point of why i did it is because gabriel paul salandino and a few other scientific people they talked about the concept that when you only consume one food type and from the same source your gut microbiome changes to only adapt to that to that specific food source. So that in turn affects like how your body operates and the moods and everything like that. So that was sort of the concept as to why I did it. Cause I was like, all right, I wanna, I wanna see what happens if I like try this concept. And um, I got lean as fuck, just wanna put that out there. But because I was having so like basically only protein and fat, obviously no carbs. I felt like I retained all my muscle, but I just got so incredibly lean. Um, your energy changes from um, like, basically endurance stuff sucked, but I felt strong. So in the gym, I was fine, but endurance, I felt like at mm. work, working through, uh, walking through the forest and stuff, I just felt like I was getting tired on the big uphills and stuff really easily. 
but that could have been a mismatch of electrolytes and other things that I wasn't conscious of at the time. Um, but yeah, I was just having a animal-based diet from nose to tail, so that just means like the, the organs and stuff, and it's been proven that you can survive predominantly off animals if you consume nose to tail. So if you're having the heart, the lungs, the kidneys, the liver, they all have different macro and micronutrient micronutrients rather that your body needs to survive. So, you know, the bone marrow and like the collagen from bone broth and all of those things, like having the complete package, you can do it. But if you were to just eat like scotch steak every day, then you're not getting all the micros and mm. the liver and the heart and stuff. So you would 100% become... It's funny, there's so many, there's now people out there saying that you can, so it's real interesting really? now that even, wow. even in this niche kind of yeah. substrate of special people that they're even finding their own pockets of, mm. you know, contention of ideas, which is great. I think it's good, it's yeah. important to push it forward. However, I think what you're saying, it resonates with me more, that yeah. you having a nose to tell... So... It, you're getting that full composition. Yeah, that just makes more sense. It does. To me as well. So it does. That, that was definitely like the main thing. And, and while it's in my mind, um, I think the reason I loved it so much and why I will continue to go back to maybe not that, but like ridiculously strict ways of eating for yeah. maybe just a week or so, it's because mentally it opens up the space for your mind to not think about food. Yeah, man. Like, you're literally like, well, I'm having eggs and beef heart for breakfast. Yeah. I'm having fucking pork and bone broth for lunch. Like, there's no idea of, like, hmm, I feel like this. I feel like a burger. I feel like a coffee. I feel like there's no, there's none of that craving that goes on. And once, Mm. I feel like after the two-week mark, I just fell into a place of, absolute peace with what I was consuming and there was no part of me that was like I want any other food it was just full acceptance of the carnivore thing but then the third week sorry the end of the third week the fourth week the last week I was fucking over it and I was Mm. just like I just want I just want some fruit man like Mm. I just want to I want to eat a mango I want to eat an apple Mm. I just want some fruit and so I yeah I think there's so much value in it from again the discipline standpoint the discipline lens um and maybe the nutritional lens because my eczema went away like heaps of things like that happened yeah so i felt insanely energized and and enthusiastic about life but i do want to preface that with the fact that i just finished 75 hard so So i had like i had a week off yeah i had the momentum i had 75 hard a week off and then boom carnival for 30 days so I was at the peak of like my own experience, so then rolling through into carnivore, it was like another little. It wasn't stack. too. It wasn't so it wasn't foreign. So, yeah, exactly. it was like yeah, as been, you said, it wasn't a stack. You already kind of built a bit of the foundation yeah. and added up a few blocks. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I want I want to um, ask about that because for some people listening, they want to you know take on certain audacious and. <sighs> far-reaching goals which mm. power to you keep doing that i'm gonna keep doing that but we have slips we have cravings yes. you know what was that like for you when it came from the dietary standpoint and you sticking to that diet that when you did have cravings did you have any tools or did you kind of just grip your teeth and grind <laughs> through and be like oh i just got to get over it this is my reality 
how did you kind of get through when you had those cravings? You said after two weeks you're kind of at peace, but I imagine mm. between the first day and that two-week period, or even maybe even the three-week period when mm. you had those cravings, how did you sort of navigate that? How did you come um, more at peace with that? And really, you know, what was your tools? Did I, you have any? I firmly believe that my personality is comprised of like the fuck it discipline fuck everything else grind it out mm. but also the i am loving awareness mm. and everything's okay mm. so it was the combination of those two viewpoints of like some days when i was like i'm fucking out here on carnivore bro i'm fucking i'm on the grind yeah i want burgers and chips and i'm craving this but i'm fucking on the grind other days it was like literally holding myself in breath work and being like this fucking sucks mm. but i'm here for it and it's all good like i'm gonna survive i'll be fine all i want to do is eat an apple right now but i've got my water i accept i accept i accept and that was sort of the the mantra surrender and accept like still to this day it's i would argue the foundation of my life is is deep acceptance through practice and um, stacking that with the on the grind mindset as well. Right. Yeah. So. So yeah, you kind of had that. You kind of had that. Obviously, other breed mentality, which I'm very attracted to, and I'm mm-hmm. all for that. Grip your teeth, fucking yes. Get through it. But then you also holding space to yeah. accept that you had these cravings, but still not for 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 them. But yeah. It sounds like I'm getting the idea that you have the space for yourself to allow yourself to know and to feel that shit you've got cravings, but still have the discipline to still not go there, but to accept that you're having that. Mm. So for those listening, I think that that could probably be the best takeaway is that allow yourself to know and accept that you're going to have cravings, but just sit with it don't act on it just mm-hmm. sit with it be there with it fully. for maybe even five ten minutes if yeah. it doesn't change then go maybe go yeah maybe maybe have a drink of water or or, or disrupt the train of thought yeah. i think i've heard this idea before that if like sometimes when you're hungry you're not actually hungry you're just thirsty and you have a drink of water then you're not hungry anymore yeah. i think this kind of plays in that same same vein is that okay you're you're aware that you're going to have this craving. You've got this goal. You've got this aim. And you're going to have certain feelings and emotions come up. And accept that. Feel it. Let it come up. Bro, keep rambling. Just, yeah, cool. But just don't don't act on it. And I think that's the big thing. And another big reason why I'm here with Hunter is for that reason is that he's, he's human like all of us. Yet I look at him and I'm like, I can tell he just, he, he's, he's living on a spectrum that many people I know don't live on and even myself and I find that it normalizes it and that's the whole point of this conversation is just to normalize that way of living is that movement, meditation, breath work, talking about emotion, trauma release therapy, meditation, yoga asana, just all these facets of life and you create these tenets from those facets that can become your guideposts so that as soon as you deviate again 
as soon as you feel you're falling off or you fall over, you can, if you show up and get back up the next moment, then you're going to move in that moment. You're going you're gonna to move from that moment to the next moment and be better and improve. And, but it's just showcasing and sharing that <clears throat> we, yeah, we're, 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 we're human. I've, I've kind of lost my train of thought. <laughs> but it's, it's, again, it's just normalizing this shit, normalizing that we're going to feel these certain ways and, yeah. and realizing that, for the people that have um, got to a certain point in their life that they haven't got some magic switch in their brain that makes them, that turns off the dialogue that, fuck, I don't want to yeah. wake up this morning. I don't want to have a cold shower. I don't want to go for that gym sesh. I don't want to go talk to that girl. I don't want to go ask my boss for a pay rise. That same Bro, dialogue same. that permeates in everything in your life where you're meant to be doing something that your soul knows you must do, yet your mind does not want to do it. But yeah. that's okay. But just sit with it. Yeah. Does it change? Maybe it doesn't. Will it change in 10 minutes? Maybe it doesn't. Well, then you're going to soon realize, and what's the point of waiting for it to change if it doesn't change? And you've kind of got to override yeah. that need yeah. for it to want to change. because and that in itself is a practice. That in itself is a practice. Mm. And that's the whole point of this conversation is that you're living your practice. And... I want to go to that your practice a bit more because you spoke about your carnivore diet, which is freaking great. I want to talk about your movement because you're you're one of the guys that I've seen do the cleanest fucking handstands. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think you've got the cleanest from anyone I know. You've got the cleanest handstand. So what was that journey like alone for you? The handstand journey. Um, fuck, I I can't help but smile and, and be stoked as about that because I take so much pride in movement and you know being. A, a PT and stuff like you want to feel capable and so to, to get like external validation sometimes feels pretty good <laughs> um, so that's yeah I appreciate that but the handstand journey funnily enough actually started for the reason of me breaking my wrist so I broke my wrist snowboarding in Canada um, came back to New Zealand had a broken wrist couldn't train properly um, I, could, I couldn't do push-ups because I couldn't extend my wrist into that position. Wow. And so the, the gym, which was my foundation, I couldn't even train properly. So it was just chaos. And, um, and then I finally went and got an x-ray. Sure enough, it was broken. I was stubborn as fuck for so ages. So what, from the time of you having the, the, the injury in Canada to coming back, was there quite a window? And in that Six window, months. you didn't even... It sucked, but I just assumed it was like a sprain or something. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I was still able to do push-ups still, on my knuckles. Okay. And okay. I was like, surely if I can put pressure in there, then it's not broken. Yeah, no, nah, as soon as you create that flexion yeah. of the wrist. And so, yeah, I had surgery, found out it was broken, had surgery. Whoa. Then... Um, worked my way back into the gym like I was still training as much as I could and I was like attaching this you know those booty booty attachments to yeah. the cables where you strap it around your ankle I was putting that on my cast and doing rows and like pushes and flies and stuff because basically movement and exercise helps me stay sane and without it I just fucking hit life so um I was still training and all of that um not like crazy stuff I was just moving my body and, yeah like, you know from the bodybuilding background, I feel like I always want to build my physique. And um, once I'd finished with the whole surgery process and getting out of the cast, 
took ages to, to get there. I was doing rehab slash physio with this woman and I love this story because it's true. And I, a part of me is like, oh, no, don't say that, that's just your ego. But I went once to the physio. She told me what to do. I fucking did it every single day. Like I destroyed my rehab program like every day. And Hello everybody. Sorry for a little short intermission here. We had a little distraction during this conversation when my brother came in on the conversation, knocking on the door, so I kind of had to edit that out, and I couldn't really edit it out in a way without having to interject as I am now. So back to the show. Hope you're enjoying. Much love. The reason that I did destroy it is because my, I wanted to learn handstands. So through wanting to learn handstands, I was practicing wrist extension every day. Yeah. And that's why my rehab was so good because she was like, I've got this scar tissue here and she said, the only way that you'll get your range of motion back is if you rip through the scar tissue and like force it back. So through training handstands and slowly getting more and more weight into my wrist, that meant that I was rehabbing my wrist. So I wasn't like, Great. you know, it was okay, like this, an inverted. Yeah. Yeah, I had the yeah, goal yeah, of getting yeah, a handstand, so it made the rehab easy because I was like, to get a handstand, I need to be able to do this. So then mm. I did everything she said while trying to get a handstand. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, that just perpetuated and I never stopped wanting to, to get the handstand. So that was like a two-year journey. Like the start of lockdown, that first lockdown, I could barely hold a handstand against the wall, like fumbled everywhere, like was holding and shaking. And... Then however many years later, I'm free handstanding and Static, part of my yoga push-ups. And and um, I actually just did my first handstand push-up last week. Man, so that was amazing. that was actually the initial goal. Yeah. And then handstands just evolved, and honestly, it's my it's my most favorite. I love handstands. It's the coolest practice ever because it's mm. the combination of like gritting your teeth, strength, but also intense awareness and space, like. You have to be so aware of where your body is to stay balanced, but you also have to be grinding and holding mm. and pushing. Mm. So it's this really cool combination. And, and then you can start like playing with your leg position, mm. you know, at the practice. So how, so how often were you um, in that two-year period? Like were you, were you practicing um, every day? There were, phases, there were phases where like maybe for two months at a time, I'd be hard out practicing and then two months or I'd forget and then awesome um, it makes it still within reach for the 100%. person listening is yeah that you weren't at it freaking yeah 40 minutes every day for two years <laughs> no. like you actually like were human and like yeah. well you know you were yeah yeah I, I wasn't like some superhuman and i think that's like as i'm hearing myself speak i realize that a lot of the shit that i've done and do might sound quite out of reach but in reality yeah, you man. know, it's it's not that nah. way. Which nah, and that's again why I want to bring people to the awareness of your story. And is is that just reason? Is that it's not out of reach? It's not out of reach to want to meditate every single day. It's not hard to do, but in the in the scheme in the context of your life, it may be hard to do. But then that's when you've just got to dig deeper and address where those areas are hard and mm. and you know sometimes you got to grit your teeth coming back to that concept of that discipline yeah. grit like yeah. so yeah that's that's all part of this whole dialogue and yeah i'll say seven... one last thing about the handstand sorry yeah. to cut you off again but 
I brought parallettes, which are just the yeah, wooden yeah, sticks. Yeah. But the reason I brought I kind of like raised wooden type bars that you yeah. would imagine that um, outdoor jungle gyms or outdoor gyms along parks in the cities that are like, yeah, that are like raised bars raised. off the ground. Yeah. yeah. And because of the wrist extension problem I had, it took a long time before I could actually wait there properly, um, especially in the handstands. It's so intense. Um, I was lucky to learn about the parallettes because it meant that I could stay in this position rather than extension. Great. So I was able to train handstands here. So I learned all of my handstand movement on parallettes, which then over time, as I was practicing more physio and, and doing mm. all the shit for my wrist, Great. I was able to really focus on handstands on the parallettes, which... I wouldn't have been able to do if I didn't have because I wasn't able to fully weight bear yet. Yeah, and that would have but translated really well when you could use your hands. The transition period was hard because it's such a different position. Yeah, okay. But, but okay. I had all of this awareness, okay, cool. which is arguably cool. equally as important. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm super grateful for, for parallettes and I'm grateful for the fact that I could hold this position and, and yeah, there was a way this to position, to, yeah. So, so when I look at you, I see, and probably from those listening and hearing the conversation is the word movement, movement, movement. Mm. And I love this word. I've talked about that in the past with Gabriel. Fucking like, Gabriel, bro. I love that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a, been a great teacher for us. Oh, yeah. I actually need to go to one of his workshops ASAP because I this feel. This weekend we should have gone. Yeah. But yeah. Also. When was it? Yesterday. I think it's this whole weekend. Yeah. But I just got back from a week of yeah. work and. I had training, I had, I had a race yesterday, so. Yeah. And we can throw all the excuses we want. Exactly. <laughs> well, what's priority for me that Agreed. I would say, I would have said, and that was probably more priority for you as well, right? So, but now, now we say that, it's like, I'm going to make it a priority to go to Gabrielle's workshop. Um, yeah. And to those listening too, I recommend you do the same. All the information is on the previous episode we did. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, the idea of movement and how much that is, is such a fulfilling aspect to your life mm-hmm. a fulfilling part to your life and mm. you know if you were to kind of not to preach and be like a preaching vegan but to preach yeah. what is it what why does it mean so much to you what is it about yeah. it well it is sunday so i will preach a little bit <laughs> <laughs> um, the movement movement is that is an infinite game that we can all play like mm my goal was to unlock a handstand but the the handstand journey never ends if your goal is yoga the yoga journey never ends you will not ever get to the end of your movement journey and um, i think there's a guy jamie wheel out there it's he has a book called the more beautiful world that our hearts know is possible and it's he taps into the concept all the time of playing the infinite games so whether that's a creativity thing that you do whether that's movement you know whatever like finding infinite games to play and that then forces that whole the journey is the purpose thing that we've talked about a little bit yeah that that is the whole thing and so um i would summarize movement as in uh just moving your body in whichever way for you feels good that could be the gym that could be Mm -hmm. running that could be crawling on all fours that could be like literally just what if i'm unmotivated hunter or i'm not mm. driven 
because I'm trying to reach out also to the person that's on the couch, you yeah. know. Well, I would in say your, get your fuck now, jokes. <laughs> in a way, but in a way, that's kind of my approach too, and well, yeah. my mentality. But then, bottom line, it's not really think, sustainable. But like for that person, bro, though, and to what would you actually? How would you? I would say state it. Can you get up and just walk for five minutes mm. around your house? Even don't even have to go outside. Yeah. Can you just move? Can you break the pattern that you're in? And you can might, you? Yeah, can well, you? really, like yeah. those, someone listening now, can you, can you honestly make one little tiny change? Baby step. That's, I catch myself in that victim mentality where I'm like, I can't do anything, I can't. It's like, whoa, whoa, mm-hmm. Stefan, just, what can you change immediately right now? Yeah. That seems probably so insignificant, but what can you change right now? And I'm like, oh shit, there's actually several things. Well, start there. Yeah. So that's, I'm getting that. That's 100% from you. like movement could be literally sitting there and just wiggling your wrist around. Hmm. And that might leave, that might lead rather to the inquisition of maybe I can do both wrists. Hmm. And then, ooh. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, standing up and like doing my whole body. So whatever, whatever fucking little thing that you need to do hmm. is, whether it's like, just whatever you know it doesn't have to be complicated i think it's just finding your movement and i i believe that we all have a preferred way of moving yeah um and you need to find that and that's the infinite game is finding your movement i'm fortunate enough to love a lot of different types of movement so Mm. my movement practice is very wide great but I think that's because I'm cultivating such a playful approach to movement. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I would, I would say if you're stuck and you, you don't even want to get off the couch, then put your favorite song on and just walk until the song's done. Mm. Maybe start there. Nice. Yeah. I think, and I think a big part of it is finding that initial want to, hey, yeah, yeah. I think because I, I can, yeah, I can think of my um my father and he doesn't <clears throat> you know, not to well I'll I've spoken about this um to him, so I'm not exactly blindsiding my dad to talk about him like this, but yeah. he doesn't move much anymore and um in a way I was kinda asking that question to be directed at him. Mm. And that when you say that it's like, yeah. I, I hear that and I think my dad can acknowledge that too, but I think having the want to get up, I think that's the hardest thing and yeah. it's it's interesting and fascinating to have because um, I think what you said is brilliant and perfect, but I'd even like to try go deeper if we can. I don't know if we can because I don't know if we've got the capacity to, but... Like why? Where where does the want come from, and how can you know? If I were to ask you, how would you? How would you answer it? If I were to say, how would you arrange and display and offer someone the possibility to want to start moving? What would you say? How would you approach it? So I'm not asking, what would you tell people to do? Mm. to start moving but how would you 
I don't really want to put it this way, but how would you make someone want to want something? Because that's, I think it's very dangerous language because no one in this world should have the right or should be in the space of mind that they're going to try to get someone to want something because you can't get someone to want something. But I'm kind of asking that indirectly. You can lead a horse to water, can't make it drink. Exactly, exactly. But then there's that idea that like, shit, how how would you try to make someone want? Maybe through stories. Interesting. Go on. The story being, um, I fucking hated my life, truthfully. Then I started moving and it lightened up a little bit. Then I moved more and it got lighter and lighter and lighter to the point where I'm now in love with who I am in my life. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe they won't take anything from that. Maybe their life isn't that bad. Maybe they just can't be fucked. But my journey was getting so dark that it was the the catalyst for change. Mm. What um, was that, Hunter? Like what when you say was that part of that that test, that deep insecurity or was there other stuff? No, nah, just like psychological disorder. Yeah, of like course. Okay. Depression or but yeah. I wouldn't even say it's that. Like, I have such an interesting take on mental health, which I don't really, it's so complex to dive into, but, you know, all of the labels I don't think do any any justice, mm-hmm. and I think we all have everything, mm-hmm. but it's just, it all manifests differently, like, you know, yeah. my my mental health issue is paranoia and other things, whereas other people have depression, other people have suicidal thoughts, other people, like, we all have it differently. Mm. But we all have little small doses of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. They manifest differently. Exactly. So, um, yeah, mm. it's such a complex topic. But it is. It's like my mum had breast cancer, and she now takes really good care of herself. But in a way, it, it took getting cancer to do that. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, she's always, you know, she's always respected herself. Don't get me wrong, but. Um, I think having cancer was a catalyst for her to maybe do a little bit more of what she loved. Okay. So the person on the couch, maybe they haven't had it bad enough. Maybe, maybe they're yeah. so comfortable that, uh, that they don't have the fire under their ass to actually make that first step. Yeah. But conceptually, again, going back to the story thing, maybe thinking like if you were to die right now if you were to die tomorrow like would you be would you be okay with yourself Mm. like would you truthfully be on your deathbed and be like yeah i i tried that was cool or would you be like oh my fucking god i just ate doritos and watched netflix for the last seven years Mm. so Mm. I think what I'm saying is this comes back to the the truthful conversation with yourself Mm. Um, the most honest the hardest conversation is the one you have with yourself yeah yeah so maybe prompting that okay rather than be like do movement movement's good for you yeah absolutely did you know you what's the kind of story so so in other words frameworking it differently framing it differently and saying that okay what story would you want to tell yourself we have the most ideal outcome and the most unideal outcome and where do you sit within that spectrum yeah almost so it kind of puts it at their feet Mm -hmm. and they're able to kind of delve in and analyze yeah 
without having someone prod them, yeah. they're getting yeah. their own feedback. And that's the, way. the only way change happens. Mm, it's really. the only way it is. That's yeah. why when I say that question, I say that question with so much apprehension because I'm essentially asking your question and my values I don't ever want to yes. ask, but yeah. I still want to try ask that because you came up with a beautiful answer and I think that's great is that I can't make someone want to make change. However, I could probably present them to create their own story as to why they should or shouldn't change. Mm-hmm. And at least it puts the ball in their court. Yeah. And you're still kind of, in a way... <laughs> you're not really... You know, you're yeah. kind of like... It's, it's quite a... It's quite... It's not very, like, honest, but at the same time, I think it quite is sincere because you have, you have a motive and you're kind of conditionally... Mm. You're getting something... Giving something conditionally. It's not unconditional. But at the same time, I think there's there's a degree to that, but I think it has real utility because right now, who knows? Like, I'd hope to God that someone listening right now would have heard what you said and been like, holy fuck, mm. that was me. I was that Dorito eating guy watching mm. Netflix the last seven years. <laughs> and I didn't even present it in my mind and myself to yeah. know that, well, shit, if I were to die today, how would I feel about my yeah. last seven years? I think as well, like, you know, there's there's like a baseline level that most people are at where, you know, life's all good. It's all good. Yeah. But it's not like fucking amazing. Mm. And it can be. Or fucking miserable. Yes. And it mm. can be. But both, in a way, take action to happen. Yeah. You know, like, you can, you can honestly like fulfill your dreams and do whatever the fuck you want with your life but you just have to be courageous enough to do it and i love that idea mm. that's that's what gets me equally beautiful and equally terrifying because 100%. it's completely at your feet it's all it's laid at your bro, feet no one's coming to save me yeah. i'm my own everything yeah. and if i don't then i'm the only one like it's all it's all on you and i know that that's intense and potentially a bit yeah. fucked but personal overwhelming personal responsibility is the greatest like thing yeah. the rebellion the like if you think society is doing this if you think vaccine like any any fucking story yeah. that you have yeah personal responsibility is yeah. the greatest like rebellion to that Beautiful, whatever man. that like you can say anything to me like oh, our society is structured in a way that we consume and have too much this and that and it's like well what are you get, doing? Get responsible yeah. about your choices. Yeah. And if we all do that, then society shifts. Like, yeah. no fucking, yeah. no Jacinda's going to come along and be like, okay, everybody gets free food or, you know, whatever. Dumb example. Yeah. But no one's But I coming. get what you're saying, man. I, I'm it's so, so passionate true. about this. That's, yeah. I I'm feel like, so yeah. on that because it's got to start with yourself. The idea you've got to clean your room first. Mm. You've got to make your bed first. You've got to at least... Me, you know, I now teach yoga. What does that mean? Well, that basically means that I've got to show up for my own yoga practice every right. single week. It yeah. doesn't mean that I've got to show up now and teach classes every week, yeah. one day a week. It's me showing up for myself Yeah. every week like to do this you, practice. If you tried to teach me yoga and you'd only done yoga like one time, <laughs> three years ago. Yeah. I would be so pissed. Yeah. But if I heard that you went to India and you did yeah. some training and yeah. you practiced three times a week, yeah, I would be like, hmm, maybe I can learn something. Maybe, again. exactly. But if you're full of shit, then I would, yeah. So a lot of people are, you know, we are. Yeah. You know, I'm full of shit sometimes. Same it's here, beautiful though. and it's a good thing. We'll 
fucking human. And yeah. man, this has been beautiful. Um, I actually realized that I got my niece's birthday. Oh, that I true. fully forgot about for my complete dad. That's all Doesn't good. matter. I still want to talk a bit for you more if you're okay with that. Um, I'm yeah. good to go. Yeah, um, great. I do want to leave it around one at yeah. the latest. Oh, well, de- well um, yeah, definitely be. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about um, the contentment. You touched on that. Can you please share that? Because I think that's a real good kind of segue into what it is, your ethos on life and your philosophies, mm. but it sounds like it's a great product too for those people yeah. wanting to explore. And I see you've done like real cool things, like quite like holistic and you've touched into different pockets i.e the drawing and the coloring book that's pretty damn unique so could you talk a bit about that and go down that route what is it why did you start it and you know where can people find it so um during a really hard phase of my life like deep in the middle of broken wrist and and all of that um i've always dreamed of of like having a blueprint for life or like I've dreamed of of just a different reality if that makes sense and I always looked up to these companies that did incredible things helping people and I went to a, this, this place in Canada in Whistler called the Scandinavian Spa which was a sauna, a cold plunge, steam room, um, spa pools and yoga studio all in this one setting you paid a hundred dollars and you could stay however long you want no one's allowed to speak and it was just so fucking cool wow and i was like i this needs to happen in new zealand ultimately that's my goal to make that and there also be a training facility and world-renowned coaches and like everything that you need you can go to the contentment and spend a day and just reset like that's my dream to create that hopefully in Auckland or Queenstown or somewhere. Anyway, I'm, I'm trying to build little building blocks to get there. Like that, that's like so far away, but that's what I'm working towards. And the contentment, the, the message is, you know, not a brand, not a business. It's a symbol for getting every last drop from life, which is why I hashtag ELD on all of my shit because that's every last drop, like squeeze every last drop from life. And, um, you know, much like I love thinking of it this way, the contentment to me is like seeing the Batman symbol up in the sky at night. Like you see Batman symbol and all the robbers are going, no, nah, no, nah, not tonight, bro, Batman's out. Like, I'm not robbing shit tonight. Batman's, like, his symbol's up there. Fuck that. And to me, the contentment is that. It's like, Mm. it's a symbol that life can be beautiful through everything. Like, life is incredible, but you need reminders. And imagine being so deeply immersed in the reminders that, like, you know, essentially you're, you're Batman. You're fighting for the good of mankind even though the city hates you like that's batman's story Mm. everyone hates batman but without batman the city wouldn't be safe Mm. and such a segue but yeah the contentment there's so many facets to it and i'm just trying to slowly unfold getting to that that dream of of having this place and whether that happens or not is besides the point but you've um, got an aim yeah 
yeah yeah and that that Deep. truly is like you know when people saw me write the the zen tangle book which is a, a it's called color and create zen tangle it's it's um zen tangle is the combination of meditation and art which this monk and this woman i forget her name um they came together and created and coined this type of, of art and um i do a lot of it and so i made a book about how to do it and so i i have taught people through the book how to draw zen tangle and then just the coloring in section you know like an adult coloring book sort of thing um and everyone was like wow bro cool you like you made a book and in my mind it's like this is step one of one million to get to the contentment like you have no idea this isn't a fucking book this is like this is the first step this is the first step and so cool um it's really cool to voice this because yeah it's like the contentment is the tool that i have transformed my life with and i hope to help others do the same so whether that's that's through the book whether that's through breath work meditation practices whether that's through knowledge or learning or meeting someone you know like i want to i just want to help that's a a service thing so i love it man and i love the word contentment that it has in within that i'm i'm only i'm only kind of speculating here but the idea kind of what we talk about offline before we started this conversation is the idea of peace mm-hmm. and i get that vibe from the contentment you see that symbol so yeah. no matter the, no matter the day no matter the weather you're always going to see that batman symbol no yeah. matter the weather no matter the day you can always have that 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 subtlety of contentment that yeah. peace of it's <sighs> an option it's an option i forgot yeah. everything fuck oh at least yeah you know yeah. that's kind yeah. of a the idea yeah i like it mm. so where, where can people find more from you and your social media because i know you're active there which is good yeah. it's like a good healthy active yeah i'm i'm really um i love social media i love it i'm very fortunate to listen to a guy called gary b who who talks about basically all the plus side of social media um and social media the way that i see it it's a it's a tool created by business for business for businesses it's not like fucking Susie and her kids posting it's cat photos not, it's no, not, it was yeah. made for a purpose which is social connection opportunities like bro I just got sent a $750 product for free because I have X amount of followers on TikTok like that's the leverage and this is the start imagine when you have a million followers followers i don't care if someone's following me it's just a it's like having a million dollars in the bank it's a point of leverage for the world that we live in so if you have a following you can leverage that to not have to work to actually make your dreams happen to sell a product now i don't say product as in like screen printed shirts and create a fucking bullshit label no i'm i'm trying to like sell what i believe so everything that i talk about and sell and align with is like what i deeply deeply to my core Mm. believe i'm Mm. never gonna i'm never gonna sell like Mm. some plastic coffee cup that i fucking don't even use like that's not the point and some a lot of people do that but yeah social media is as a way to connect leverage the way in which our society is you know we used to watch tv to get out information and now it's all on social media Mm. and um 
I'm active every day trying to post what I believe in. Like mm. some days I'm fired up and screaming at the camera. Some days I'm, I'm fucking posting me post breathwork meditation and crying on mm. my mat. And mm. I'm just trying to share the reality of my experience so that mm. if one person out there who fucking hates their life will run into my content at one point, will maybe not kill themselves, maybe, maybe reach out, maybe be like, oh yeah, like why is this dude who's always on the grind now crying on his mat? You know, I want to, I want to be me on social media, not just um, this fictitious yeah, character. Because I've, I've now got to experience it a couple times firsthand, mm. like real time, real time. I'm like, whoa, social media really is. A lot of people are so fake. Fuck, bro. So These fake. These I know that um, this is directing it at women and I'm sorry for that but it's just the truth of the yeah. reality is there's a girl who I follow who I know and she posts every photo like this mm. in person she's never she never looks like that yeah like that to me I feel I feel yeah. bad because she's mm. so insecure that she can't post her truth and she's probably so beautiful too she is oh she is yeah. but but you know that's where yeah. again gift and a curse. Social oh, media social can be media. a point of li- liber- uh, liberation. For so what's that curse? Well, qu- oh. yeah. Go. What's the? Oh, answer? it's just like I have a hole in my chest. I can yeah. either wear a shirt and pretend like I don't, or I can show it to the world and yeah, show and that shirtless. I do. And then I'm like fucking like, what there's else? No I'm showing me. Yeah. So there's not there's no part of me that's like, eh. yeah. You know, I'm I'm just being truthful. Yeah. So. That's how I see it. And you, know, you look at Joe Rogan, you look at anyone you look up to and they just, they're their truth. Yeah. They talk about the drugs they do, they talk about the hard times, the good times, they laugh, they talk about dumb shit. They do everything. Mm. And they are free. Because then there's nothing to hide. There's nothing to hide. Which is a liberating way of living. Yeah. Um, yeah. So where, where can people find this? Because it's, I'm, I'm freaking like, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. So I'm sure people will too as well. Where can um, they find? So it's just Hunter Crisp on instagram yeah um hunter crisp on tiktok yeah hunter crisp on youtube um i also have my my the contentment instagram page but it's merging into the same thing i'll add all that in the show notes for you people too to make that a bit easier i also have um every week i i put out a letter um which is just like my thoughts in a letter that i write and i film that letter so i do a letter listen which is like a a podcast or a youtube video um, I post those on YouTube and Spotify every week. Great. Um, and I also have my own little five to ten minute podcast I do a couple of times a week, which is when I'm feeling inspired. I just Beautiful, man. sit down in front of the mic and say, this is what I'm think, thinking right now. Like, this might provide value to you. So um, the whole point of, of all of this is to, to learn um, to help me level up um, physically, mentally, spiritually, and just share what I'm doing mm. and make it quite accessible for people. Yeah. 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 I'm just sharing my path. I'm not trying yeah. to impose to, to do anything. I'm just yeah. sharing what I actually do. Yeah. So. And that's why I love about you, bro, is that you from all the times I've been with you and from what you've shared from me, from the time we haven't seen each other to the time we see each other is that I know you're doing shit, bro. And it's mm. great. It's good. It's good to see, Thank you know, you. and Loving the process, and I think that's yeah. the biggest part. That's the big, big takeaway I think from this whole conversation. <laughs> you know, yeah. like love the process, which means to love your life. You know, to, to 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 take enjoyment out of life, to 
love the journey and despite how rocky and hard it may be just try to love it sometimes it requires you to grit your teeth but still try to love it and we're never gonna arrive to and that's a beautiful but equally daunting proposition that i take all you listeners to really think about and try to think about is that you know you're never gonna arrive once you reach that goal your mind's very quickly gonna that dopamine rush will quickly dip and then all of a sudden you're gonna feel oh shit what next and then you're going to have that perpetual overreaching of trying to find what's next, what's next. But maybe it's realizing that you're at peace and you never arrive, but just live in the process. Live in the process. Have goals. I believe that. I was just about to say that. Have goals, obviously, but don't expect that that you reaching that goal is what's going to make you live a better life. Mm. I think that's a real, it's a mirage. And we don't want to be zombies chasing the mirage because, yeah, once you reach over that, reach to that oasis, it's not actually there. Yeah. And then you've got to go over another 10 peaks. Yeah, the false summits. Eh? The false summits. So, <clears throat> Hunter, I thank you. Um, yeah, this conversation was recorded on our phones because my mics, um, I haven't actually acquired my mics yet. I've been borrowing and scrambling. So <laughs> that's my next uh, investment, some quality mics that are my own. But uh, yeah. well, thank bro. you. Thank you for... Oh. Sorry, while, oh, it's, while it's here, um, I bought a mic that I plug straight into my phone, creates incredible audio, $60 from Mighty 8. So, is, that, is that the one that goes... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. So, like, 60 yeah, bucks, man. Yeah. Come on, I'll stoke that. Yeah. And the quality is awesome, but yeah, sorry to, to jump in. No, nah, that's good. I've, I've actually looked at that several times, but I've got my pros and cons for that. We can talk about offline because I don't want to bore the listener. Yeah. But um, I appreciate you, Hunter. And um, just, just to close up, is there any lasting words that you would like to add based on already the wisdom you've bestowed? Um, man, it's so cool being asked this question. This is like, you know, I listen to so many people and podcasts and to be the, to be in the position which, yeah, to, to be here is, is, I've dreamed of it, you know? And so for me, bro, like dead serious, this is, this has been a dream of mine and this is the first official podcast I've ever done. And I truly believe it's the first of many. Um, and I believe that like, this is such a stepping stone for me to get out of my comfort zone and to, to really step into what I'm about. And so I fucking thank you for having me for this Mm. because this is huge for me, whether you realize that or not. And, um, yeah, so I think a closing note would, would be like, just whatever it is you believe you should be doing, just make a, make a list, fucking just take one little baby step now. And, you know, let's, let's get every last drop from this life. We, we have one chance, so fuck it. Let's go. Couldn't have been said any better. <laughs> let's go. Every last drop, people. Live in service. Live in service. Amen. Love you all. And I look forward to sharing many, many more guests with you. Over and out. Peace, Peace and love. Hello everybody, how did we go, how did you like that conversation, what did you think, what came up, did any discomforts arise, did any moments of disagreement arise, any moments of immense agreement, I'm curious, I'd love to know, I know for me listening back to it, I was really impressed and it really brought up a lot of motivation and intention for me 
again moving forward and getting to listen back to it um, where Hunter really brought up the question of your existence and contemplating on your deathbed and asking yourself the question that am I living an intentional life? Am I living how I intend to? Am I living with meaning? It's a big question to ask and everyone has their own answer to that. Like, What does meaning bring? What is meaning? However, it is your own exploration that will bring you to that and it is your own answer that will be the truth. So explore that, step into that, try to find that. It is there because you wouldn't be here otherwise to experience this life. And I sincerely mean that. And that comes from a place of pure bliss. And there's a degree of naivety there because I think it can seem almost ignorant that I'm bypassing the complexities of what it is that brings us here as humans. But I'm trying not to overthink it. I'm purely seeing it as the glass is half full and there's this whole half of opportunity to fulfill. We're already here, so that's half the glass. So why not fulfill the rest of the glass? Why not reach for the top? Why not reach for the brim? If you have the opportunity to, you may as well step towards it. So that brings me to my conclusion as to the fact that we are here and there's a reason for that. So let's step into that. I thank you, Hunter, for this amazing conversation and I'll share all the links to Hunter and his Instagram and all his content in the show notes. Uh, But for now, I will love you, I will leave you, and I hope that this conversation can bring some gusto for February and for the rest of the year. New year, new you. How about new moment, new you? Step into that and start exploring that because that's what I'm doing. Every day is that new opportunity. So let's move into it. Love you all. Speak soon.